Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 Welcome back here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Dave Burns, Sean Gambadoro. We're the Burns and Gambo Show. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday going into the weekend, a Friday in which there has been no head coaching decision made yet by the Arizona Cardinals. We thought maybe today, given what had happened yesterday, but it hasn't happened yet. What did happen today, though, is exactly what we're going to talk about here in the next few minutes. Larry Fitzgerald, the most popular athlete to ever play any sport ever here in the Valley, was on Bickley Murata. And, boy, you talk about ringing endorsements. Given the source, given the organization that he's talking about, I don't think you could find one bigger or better than what Larry Fitzgerald had to say about Sean Payton today on the Bickley and Murata show, calling his hiring a no-brainer. I mean, it's, it's really it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, if you if you really want to build the foundation for success for, for a very long time, I mean, Sean Payton has done that um, for quite a while in, in New Orleans and, and years before then. He's a he is a um, He's a franchise-changing aspect, right? Um, and, yeah, he's, he's going to be expensive. You have to get compensation up to New Orleans Saints. But, like, if you're trying to change, um, you know, the conversation, you know, he's he's the guy that, you know, has the ability to do that. Pretty strong words, Gambo. Yeah. Now, he's not writing the checks. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, Larry's not. not like, I got to... Here it is, fifteen million. Here you go. You know, there's no NIL deals here. I mean, this is, you know, this is Michael Money. Um, I do think, you know, like, you know, is the influence overblown? He has some influence. He can tell Michael Bidwell all day long, this guy's great. He's great. You got to hire him. But again, he doesn't have to write that check. That's going to cost, you know, if it's fifteen million a year for five years, fifteen, thirty, forty, seventy-five million dollars for a coach. I don't know if Michael goes that way. I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, he, Sean Payton was here, and then he left, and now he's in Dallas, and uh, there's no hire yet at this point. So uh, I don't know. I mean, Larry could say all those things, and it's great. And and maybe, you know, and I do think that he's got Michael's ear a little bit, but in the end, it, it still comes down to that's a lot of money and a big, big draft pick compensation you're going to have to give up to get him if you want to have him as your coach. I I guess part of the question is just how much of Michael's ear does Larry have? I mean, we know they're close, obviously. He's the iconic player for that organization, and I, I, I mean, I can't sit here and say I know this for a fact, but they're close, right? And just Larry saying that, and I don't even know if Larry intended to do it like this, but just Larry saying it as demonstratively as he did, as publicly as he did, does apply somewhat a little bit of pressure on the Cardinals organization to really explore that to its nth degree, right? To, to okay, the, the, the franchise icon is calling it a no-brainer, right? I, I think if you're Michael, given your relationship with Larry, that implores you to make absolutely every effort to see if you can make it happen. Now, of course, there are limitations. I don't care about the financial limitations. Uh, to me, it's all about the draft pick compensation because, as you've said, and you just said a second ago, it's Michael money. I mean, it's, it's not... It doesn't impact your salary cap. It doesn't impact anything else. It, it's it, it's if that's what you feel the coach is worth, you'll go get it. I don't want them giving up a bunch of draft picks for Sean Payton, but I do think Larry's right about one thing. If you want to send a clear, 
message to everybody, the NFL, your fan base, your locker room, your organization, the things around here are totally, completely different than they were a season ago, you hire Sean Payton. That, that is the message. That has always been the message that Michael could send with the hiring of Sean Payton. It is, but, you know, some things I would ask and just keep, you know, just just think about this. So, you know, he was the last, Michael was the last person to interview Peyton. All the other teams did. Is he just going through the process to say that we interviewed Sean Payton? Because, you know, if you wanted to hire Sean Payton, I mean, you could have hired Sean Payton by now. So that's, you know, I would, I would question that. Does, you know, does Michael really want to hire Sean Payton? Why was Sean Payton last? He talked about his love for Arizona and he was the ball boy and everything like that if you wanted to get Sean Payton earlier you could have sure so sure. I mean I you could ask the question do you did Michael in some ways want Sean to be hired by now oh we weren't able to get him we were going to try but we weren't able to get him you know well yeah but I, I think also the counter to that too is that the Cardinals aren't alone in that category couldn't we say the same thing about the Broncos yeah maybe everybody was could, thinking the same thing I don't want to pay right? that guy could, 15 20 million dollars exactly could we say the same thing about pick? the Houston yeah could we say the same thing about the Houston Texans I don't think yeah. that's just the Cardinals issue I mean I, I think that might be a Sean Payton is coming in, and and look, Sean Payton honestly has probably earned the right to do this. He's coming in and saying, I'm Sean Payton. I've won a Super Bowl. I win playoff games. I will rebuild your franchise. This is the cost. And if you don't want to pay it, don't pay it. That's fine. I'll go make $10 million a year working for Fox, and I'll be a name again next cycle And because I'm not going anywhere. I will still be a commodity a year from now, and there will be some team that will pay me what I want to come in and turn their franchise around. If you don't want to do it, Cardinals, fine, don't do it. Texans, if you don't want to do it, fine, don't do it. I, I don't think... I don't think that's necessarily a Cardinals issue in terms of the compensation and the pay, because I think if it were a Cardinals issue, somebody would have offered him a job. Everybody else has the same issue. That's a lot of money to pay a head coach and have to give up incredible compensation to New Orleans. I mean, maybe all of these teams are just hoping somebody else would have hired them. Maybe everybody was like, like, we interviewed him because, like, how do you not interview him? How do you tell your fan base, oh, Sean Payton won a Super Bowl, won nine playoff games. He's available. We're not going to interview him. Why? Because you look cheap. So I think maybe it's possible. It's very possible. Everybody was hoping somebody else would hire them because they don't really want to because of the money and because of the compensation and the combination of those. Maybe if it was just the money, that's one thing. But then having to give up a first round pick, well, like, like if you put the two and two together, I mean, it's maybe that's the reason that Sean Payton has. A, he's seems like he's willing to to be hired by all of these teams. He's done interviews with everybody except yeah, the Colts. Look, he did not interview with the it, Colts. It's reasonable to think that every single team is just having major sticker shock when it comes to Sean Payton. I mean, not only, you know, the cost for Payton, the cost to the Saints, the cost in terms of power and how much you have to give to him. Now, we can sit here and say Sean Payton is worth it. And I, you know, I want the Cardinals to redefine their image. And so, but but I'm, you know, it's not my money. It's easy. Easy for me to say, go do this. There's no real world ramifications for me if if they do it. You know, it's not my money, but but I I I, I have to imagine it is very expensive to go get Sean Payton in terms of salary, draft pick, power, all that stuff. And every team might be scared off of doing it. It's just look at some point, Gambo. Even even the richest person in the world has a limit 
to how much they're willing to spend to get something they really like. I mean, at some point, no matter what your salary level is, no matter how much you make, you go, you know what? That's just too rich for my blood. I'm out. I'm not going to do it. And it might be that Sean Payton is dealing with teams in this coaching cycle that have all just said, you know what? Too rich for my blood. I'm out. Can't do it. Can't do it. Because he's just too good of a commodity to think that he wouldn't have been hired by now. I think his asking price is just too high. Just too high. Yeah. So then you're down to, if it's not Payton, you're down to Brian Flores, Aaron Glenn, Giro Aviro or Vance Joseph. Yeah, and we'll talk more about those possibilities in a little bit. I, I, I'll play this one more from Fitzgerald because, again, he was just so high on the idea of the Cardinals getting Sean Payton. Look what he did for Drew Brees, you know, when he came to New Orleans and turned him into, I mean, Drew Brees turned himself into a Hall of Famer, but under the tutelage of Sean Payton, right, um, in terms of him drafting, you know, great, talented players, not only drafting them, but developing them, right? You, know, you hear a lot of people talk about Sean Payton, his ability to develop talent. You know, guys that you haven't heard of from smaller schools, being able to develop those, develop coaches. Um, you know, so he, he checks a lot of boxes, you know, when, when you're talking about somebody who can change the fortunes of an organization. Yeah, we'll go through a little bit later in the hour with some of the options now and, and kind of the reset that maybe the Cardinals are hitting. Here, here's, something to add? here's the reality. Five teams are going to hire head coaches. And then if Sean Payton doesn't get a job, he's going to get a job next year. And then you're going to look three years down the road, and those five of those teams are going to have fired some of those coaches. Some of those five teams are going to have fired the coaches that they hired. And we'll see how Sean Payton's doing. And some people may say, okay, I had sticker remorse. I didn't want to spend that type of money. But then here they are. They sign a coach to a four-year deal or a five-year deal, <laughs> and they're firing right. him after two years. I'm going to pay that contract and then pay a new coach. So you yeah. can say well, they- that all you want, because the Cardinals are paying Cliff Kingsbury five, four years. For the next four years, they're paying him approximately $7.5 million a year. That's $30 million to not have him coach for you. And some of these teams, mark my word, are going to be doing the same exact thing after they fire the coach they hire within the next uh, year or two. We are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57. We want you to be there. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. Register and listen for your name starting February 6th because Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports would like to send you to the Super Bowl. You'll score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. You'll also win tickets to the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. It's all access. It's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. So, you look at the box score from last night's Suns game. You see 19 points, 20 rebounds for DeAndre Ayton. You think, man, he had a good game. Go a little deeper. It really wasn't that great, was it? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns fans get loud, free throws up, in and out, no, rebound tapped up, Aiton lost it, Powell has it on the baseline, he's knocked down to the ground, and a foul is called on DeAndre, and that is unfortunate for the Suns, as it looked like they'd have a chance having the ball down by two instead, Dwight Powell hustles for it, gets the loose ball, and gets the foul on D.A. In a night that was just odd 
for DeAndre Ayton in so many different ways, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. That was probably, in fact, that wasn't probably, that was the definitive moment last night, the very end of the game. DeAndre Ayton secures that rebound, gives the Suns a chance to win, pull one out when they probably didn't deserve to win against the Dallas Mavericks, and instead, not being able to secure the rebound, fouling Dwight Powell on his way to the ground, sealed the game the other way, allowed the Mavericks to win it and, and ended the game. Um, Suns last night lost to the Mavericks 99-95. DeAndre Ayton is firmly the center of conversation after that game last night. It, it, it's why he's so polarizing. Again, but we've been talking about him for four years. We've had conversations like this about him for four years. He had 19 points. He had 20 rebounds. He had seven offensive rebounds last night. You'd look at the numbers and you'd think, great. Read this Kendrick Perkins tweet. Aiton, 19 points and 20 rebounds, was fool's gold tonight. He got his ass whipped in every way. He was horrible in the pick and roll, finishing around the basket, and played with zero passion. By the way, big-time performance by Dinwiddie tonight to get the Mavs a W. Carry on. That is the paradox when it comes to DeAndre Aiton. Yeah, and, and listen, you're open to that type of criticism. Now, he was sick. And he missed a lot of those uh, baskets short. And he's usually a very efficient player. So it's, that's yep. that's not the norm for him. So the guys that want to bash him, that's great. I mean, he clearly did not have a great game. Um, anybody that that's why, if you just look at the stats, people, oh, DeAndre, what a beast on the boy, 20 rebounds. Okay, you know, you know that, that, that team doesn't have dominant centers. And he did grab 20 rebounds. Um, but anybody who watched the game, you, you know that that wasn't a good DeAndre Ayton game. He missed so many shots, shot after shot. Four for 12 in the first half. I was like, ooh. Yeah. And that's not his game. He's usually an efficient scorer around the basket. I do think that that is probably due to the fact that he's recovering from, you know, uh, some kind of sickness, a flu or something. I, I agree. And, and look, it's a... We've been, you know, we've been on the air since two o'clock. I used the word nauseating earlier. I think at the two o'clock hour to talk about how I kind of felt watching DeAndre Ayton. As a point of clarification, I just want to say this. All right, you're right about the six for twenty shooting last night, and that being a function of him being under the weather. I'll buy that. That I'm not. I'm not upset because he went 6-for-20, all right? He's not normally going to go 6-for-20. Normally, he's going to make those little jump hooks. Normally, he's going to be more efficient offensively. I'm talking about the other stuff that has just become so maddeningly inconsistent for DeAndre Ayton, whether he has the contract, whether he doesn't have the contract. I'm talking about playing with force. I'm talking about playing with with bad intent. I'm talking about, you know, playing with a, a level of engagement. I mean, you saw it, that stretch in the, what was the second quarter, where Ish Wainwright missed a couple of three-pointers, and on both ends of the floor, DeAndre Eaton was just completely disengaged. He he wasn't going for any kind of loose ball. He wasn't making any kind of effort. He wasn't doing anything. And, and the Suns called a timeout after, because it was an offensive rebound and a putback. Suns called a timeout. And, man, as soon as they called the timeout, Devin Booker straight line right over for DeAndre Ayton to talk to him to try to get him to engage you know like 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 Maverick in the first top gun engage the target Maverick come on let's go we need you to get in on this that's the part about DeAndre Ayton that I, I just I want off this ride man I just feel like I've seen it every single night where sometimes he's in it and he's there and he's present and he's playing hard and other nights he's just kind of checked out out. And, 
and that's the part that I, I sometimes I just feel like I can't take it anymore when it comes to DeAndre. I, I just yeah. get so tired watching it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a struggle because a lot of times he talks that talk, right? He talks that oh, talk because yeah. he's talented, and you know, the, then you talk about oh, he's underutilized, but he, he doesn't really protect the rim. He doesn't block shots, and you know, they 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 didn't pay him for a reason. There's a reason the Suns didn't just automatically pay him, and he does have that mentality. He's a very happy kid all the time. He doesn't really get mad. He doesn't really get angry. And some people say, well, that he doesn't have much of a heart. I mean, that's who he is. Um, I don't know that. And I, you know me. I'm a big believer in people can't change like that. You're not going to turn him into a into a force, a beast. He may he may show it on occasion every now and then. But that's that's not who you are. He might get mad and angry one game, but that's he's going to always revert back to who he is. And yeah. so that's what you got to do. Can you what, can you, you got to get the most out of that. You got to accept what he is and then try to live with the fact that you're paying him $30 million a year for the next three years after this year and you're probably not going to be able to trade him and just deal with that because everything that you want him to be and that everybody wants him to be, it's not going to happen. He's He'll get you some numbers because he's seven feet tall, but he's not going to be the player that everybody expected him to be. And I, I, I'm ready to say that now and he's a good player, but he may never be a great player. Yeah, uh, here's Shaq on TNT last night talking about Aiton. He's a good player. You want to be a good player, you want to be a great player. 20 rebounds. A guy like me and Chuck would say, you're supposed to get 20. You're the biggest guy out there. You can't publicly say, I want to be involved. I want the ball. I don't get the ball. And go 6 for 20. You had three days off in Phoenix. It's hot in Phoenix. No excuses for, you know, missing them baby jump hooks. If, you know... When you're a man or two down, you get the ball in that position. You got to dominate. You're the biggest guy out there. They're not doubling you like Chuck got doubled. They're not tripling you like Shaq got tripled. You one on one. Can I ask you a question? And you publicly say, "Hey, I want to be involved." And you're having fights with the coach and other players. So when you get your chance to be involved, you got to dominate offensively. Six for twenty is not a good night. I agree, 100 percent with. Ten you. for twenty is not even a good night. I need to see you 14 for 20, 15 yeah. for 20. Yeah. It's there, hot there in was, Phoenix. I, yeah, it's not that hot. No, it's not. It's not hot it's in not Phoenix. Hot. Yeah. I'm not really sure what he meant by that. But he meant that was, I, he meant that your your body, your knees, your joints oh, do not okay. do a lot better in warmer weather than they do in colder weather. Look, we, we've we've heard the complaints for years. The the why doesn't DeAndre just dunk it argument, right? And and it's I mean so much so that we don't even really acknowledge it anymore. I, I gotta say there was a moment last night. I can't remember who threw the lob pass. Um, Might have been Tory. I can't remember who, but. DeAndre goes up for it, and instead of dunking it, he tries to, like, two-hand layup off the glass instead of throwing it down. And and that's just the kind of lack of ill will that he plays with sometimes that that it's why he doesn't get a lot of calls. You know, it's it's why it, it, it's, it's just that. It's just that lack of – and I, you might be right. It, it, you're probably right in that he's not really going to change who he is. The Suns are just going to have to figure out a way, and I guess we're going to have to figure out a way to live with his shortcomings because they uh, – it's it just – the frustrating part about it, Gambo, is that when we saw him crank up that to the max to play with the most ill will he possibly could 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 kind of rally in his soul was the NBA Finals in 2021. He was a madman every night. Remember that? That was like his, oh my God, he's here. Look at this. Yeah. Holy crap, DeAndre Ayton is here. And for those 16 games, whatever it was they played in the playoffs, 20 games, he was a beast. Then they moved Giannis to center. 
Yeah, and then that was it. That was right. it. But, 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 but I mean, he, he can still play with that because he's not playing Giannis at center every single night in the NBA. Right? Last night, Dallas Mavericks didn't have anybody physically who could contend with them, and so it's we've seen it. We've seen him do it for a stretch of time in which the Suns had some of the greatest success they've ever had. Why he doesn't tap into it more when he's done it in the past, I'll never understand. I'll never Eight minutes, understand. 42 seconds left in the second quarter. He took the ball, put his head down, drove on Powell, got fouled. And I was like, what the heck was that? I got this in my notes. Eight minutes and 42 seconds left in the second quarter. He took the ball, drove it right at Powell, got fouled, went to the free throw line. You're like, oh, my God, I was... Why don't you do that more? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to why he'll do it more. Um, but you, pro- you you may get to a point, and I don't know if people are there. You may get to a point that, you know, fans are like, you probably should have just let let Indiana have them. Yeah. I, you know, and you'd have that, that money, to, you'd have that money to spend somewhere else. I've, I, I, I thought about that a couple times last night. I, I don't know if I'm there yet because it's just such a waste of value, right? I mean, it, you're just like giving stuff away. It's just, it's, it's bad business to do it like that. But I, I will admit to having a moment or two last night where I just wonder what a Suns team looks like with DeAndre Ayton not on it. I, I mean, just, just what, what does that, you know, what does that free them up to do? What liabilities come with that? What positives come with that, right? What do you gain? What do you lose? And more games like last night, I'll, I won't stop thinking about it that way. And so it's, it's just it's frustrating. It's, it's, we've been on this ride before. We've seen it before. And it just drives us all crazy. And I just don't know what, if anything, can be done about it. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, first of all, let me remind you, the Burns and Gambo Show podcast, you might be listening to us in podcast form if you are right now. Hi. Subscribe on your iPhone or your Android. You won't miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Still only one head coach vacancy has been filled. Are the Cardinals any closer to finding their guy? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 There was, if I'm not mistaken, Gambo, a little bit of frustration in your voice the last time we talked about this. Like, how can it be that the Cardinals still don't have a head coach? Did I, did I, am I, am I misreading the putt here or was yeah, that, did I, I, I hear that in your voice? I, yeah, I mean, I think at this point you've interviewed all these these people. Like, make a decision, hire a guy. I think you should know who you want to hire by now. Um, you know, maybe you had to get through the Sean Payton hire, so that way you can, you know, just check that box. Hey, we talked to Sean Payton. We didn't hire him, but we talked to him. And you know, I think you know, I wondered whether I wonder wonder whether all of these teams are just wishing somebody else would hire Sean Payton and get him off the hook. Yeah, I, I, look, I, we, we talked about this a little bit ago. Uh, Sean Payton is not cheap, and Sean Payton is going to cost you money to pay him, draft picks to acquire him, and power to satiate him, right? Power to, to, to lure him into your organization and make him want to. And, and it's, it's, here he is. He's spoken with Carolina. They passed. He's spoken with Denver. Sounds like they're going to pass. Maybe he's still alive there. The Cardinals will see. The Texans would appear to be leaning a different direction. I think it stands to reason that either Sean Payton has decided he didn't want any of these jobs, which is possible, or all of these jobs looked at Sean Payton and just said, you're not worth it. Yeah. I mean, you're 
you're good. You're really good. But what you're asking for is a price we just aren't willing to pay. And then we're, when New we're Orleans is not going to go there. And then when New Orleans is asking for it, it's a combination of having to give up the compensation and then pay him that type of money. And you get to the point, the point you want, okay, you guys here for seven, eight hours. If you wanted to hire him, hire him. Like, hire him. Like, okay, we had a great meeting. Let's, let's talk shop now. Do you want to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? But, you know, now he's in Dallas right now. You didn't hire him. And, you know, you do question whether everybody's just interviewing Sean Payton to say that, hey, we interviewed Sean Payton. And then hoping somebody else hires him and say, ah, we lost out. You know, we tried. We interviewed him, you know, because yeah. nobody wants to give up what the incredible price is with both compensation and salary. Uh, Darren Urban at azcurdles.com. I, I read this this morning. Uh, it is now, today is 19 days since the Cardinals move up, moved on from Cliff Kingsbury. How does that compare to their recent coaching searches? Um, Cliff Kingsbury was named nine days after Steve Wilkes was let go. Wilkes was named 21 days after Bruce Arians retired. Arians was named 18 days after Ken Wisenhunt was fired. And Wisenhunt was named 13 days after Denny Green's tenure ended. So the only one that has gone on longer than this one was Steve Wilkes was finding him after Bruce Arians retired. And by the time we get through this weekend, and if the Cardinals don't have a coach by the end of this weekend, it will officially be longer than that. It'll, it'll be basically the longest they've taken to decide who their next head coach is. Now, whether that means anything or not, I don't know. But it just kind of rel- if it feels like it's taking a while, well, it is based off of how this has gone in the past. It, it's, it, you know, by Monday, it will be the longest coaching search they've had over the last 20, 25 years or so. Here's Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show talking about the Cardinals kind of resetting their coaching search a little. I'll let him explain. Hopefully today. I don't really know, though. I mean, I know. I don't really know. Um, I know Arizona is is doing some kind of resetting. So Arizona right now will either work to hire Sean Payton or bring in one of those other uh, people, one of the other candidates for a second interview. If they bring in someone for a second interview, I would say that person probably becomes the favorite or a good chance he gets a job. Uh, if they hire Sean Payton, then that's that. If they hire Who's the second? Then that's that. Who's that? The, their second interview choices would be Aaron Glenn, okay. uh, Brian Flores, or Ejiro Evero. Only because those are the guys that are left. Right, we're and Vance Joseph. Well, yeah, I was I was saving Vance, but but yeah, let's well let's go ahead and talk about Vance right now. He didn't mention Vance. Does the longer this go on, give credence to the idea that they could just give the job to Vance? Sure, he's got a year left on his yeah. contract. He's still on the contract. His contract didn't expire. Like you know, you like Vance Joseph can't go interview for another job right now. He's on the contract for the Arizona Cardinals. They haven't released him from that contract. No. So, like, I mean, the teams like, could grant permission if somebody came. They and could, asked for yeah. It, if somebody asked for it, they could grant permission. Now, with it, you would have to do that. You can't just talk to him, and, and you know, because he is under contract for. He's got one more year left on his deal, I believe. So he is under contract. Yeah, no, I think that Vance is still absolutely in play. You know, I think that Vance is in play. Um, you know, I think they like Vance. I think they respect Vance. Now, Rappaport did not mention Vance. 
No, he did not. He mentioned three guys outside of Sean Payton, and he did not mention Vance Joseph. No, and, uh, and what I was going to say was the three guys he mentioned were three guys who have had interviews with the Arizona Cardinals previously. Giro Aviro, uh, Aaron Glenn, and... Um, uh, Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Right? So, yeah. Okay, so so he didn't mention Vance Joseph. It was probably an oversight. I, I, I think he just forgot that Vance Joseph had also interviewed for the job. He didn't mention, obviously, Frank Wright because he's in Carolina. He didn't mention D'Amico Ryans because, A, Ryans canceled an interview with the Cardinals, and, B, Ryans is either going to get the Texans or the Broncos job, according to these reports that are out there. So those among the guys that are candidates that the Cardinals have spoken to, those are the three that are left for them to have second interviews. And so he talked about a, a resetting. Hey, either you're going to try to hire Sean Payton or they're going to revisit these three guys. He didn't mention Vance. And in the not mentioning of Vance, it's got me thinking about Vance. And I, I, I Cardinal fans, the organization would have to be careful on this one. That would be a really hard sell to the fan base. Now, that doesn't mean Vance isn't a good coach. And that doesn't mean Vance doesn't deserve another shot at a head coaching gig. I'm talking about perception here. I'm talking about how it would look and how it would be reacted to by the fan base. That would be a very tough sell by the organization. He interviewed, I think, on the 18th of January. I think Vance interviewed. So that was nine days ago. So he's been sitting back and waiting, and I don't think he's been ruled out. Um, Rappaport didn't mention him, but clearly he's still right there. Now, you know, you're not going to get Reich, and you're not going to get Quinn, and there's a lot of people that don't believe that they're going to get Sean Payton because just because of the financial part of it. So if you take Payton out of it, you know, then you really are down to, I would think at this point now you go through second round, now there won't be any hiring, you would just go through second round, second rounds of interviews with these guys, whether it's Flores or Glenn or Ivaro or maybe even Vance Joseph, and then that would take up next week. So now we're talking about not having a coach hired today or tomorrow, but now you're talking about going to next week and getting to that second set of interviews. But I think at yeah. some point, I think at some point, one of these teams is going to have to explain why they didn't hire Sean Payton. Somebody's going to have to be blatantly honest and say, like, like, the only team that didn't interview him was the Colts. And I think it was pretty obvious that they didn't want to pay him and give him up the compensation. But nobody else has said that. But all of these teams that interviewed Sean Payton, you're really going to tell me that, that the guy you hired is going to be a better is a better coach than Sean Payton? Come on. No. It's just right. price. It's just expensive. It's just, it's you know, why did I buy this car versus that car? That car was a better deal. I got a better deal on that car than I got on the other car, right? And now, you brought up a good point earlier, and I hadn't really thought of it this way. If, if you hire a guy and two years from now you fire a guy, and now you're paying him to not be on your payroll, and then you have to go hire another coach. In you wouldn't addition have to, to do that with that, Sean Payton. Yeah, you just, just hire Sean Payton. You're probably paying the same thing. You know, you're probably paying the same amount of money that you would pay to be Sean Payton have be your coach versus two guys, one who's on the roster, one who's not on the roster to be your coach. So you might as well just do that. I still believe that... If they are moving away from Sean Payton, if he's too expensive or they were never really going to go get him in the first place and they were just doing it because it looks good, I still believe Brian Flores is the guy. Now, I, I have no information about that. It's just a hunch. It's just kind of how because Monty Austin Fort and, and all of that, I just have a feeling that would be the direction. This is Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football. He was on Bill Simmons' podcast. And this is yesterday, so some of this is dated. But stick around for the end when he talks about Brian 
Brian Flores and how that might work in Arizona. Arizona is the one that's interesting. Sean Payton's meeting with them today. I don't think that's no way. the fit. I don't see it. I think Peyton's probably coming back to Fox, to be honest. And it's not because there were no jobs available. I think that he was being picky also, and he's got a certain price that maybe these owners weren't much to He just has to wait a year, and then he can be the L.A. Chargers head coach. There'll be more jobs. There'll be more jobs available. Got to get one of those five quarterbacks. Um, yeah, so Arizona, though, I'm hearing, and this might change by the time it is, I'm hearing either you know, the, the two names that are leading the way are, are Dan Quinn is getting a lot of buzz, and then the other one was Brian Flores for a while. But the Flores-Kyler match is a very interesting one also. Oh, Flores is fun. a no-nonsense no nonsense guy. That would be a rude awakening uh, for Kyler Murray. The only thing that would be more fun than Flores-Kyler is Aaron Rodgers becoming a Jet. Oh, I next. hope it happens. <laughs> I hadn't really thought of it like that, but but Flores and Kyler would be would be an interesting mix. That would be a complete role reversal from what Kyler is used to from his head coach. Complete. You would think you that ta- that that's the the, the odds on favorite right now would be Flores, right? You would think. I mean, yes. the connections to Monty Austin Ford. Peyton was here. Sean Peyton was here for seven, eight hours. They didn't get a deal done. He's in D- Dallas right now. Not meeting with Kyler, but in Dallas right now. You would think that that's the name that makes the most sense. Look, I'm, I don't, whatever. I, and Rappaport like prefaced this by saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, like four times. I wouldn't rule out Vance Joseph at this point. I don't know, but I wouldn't uh, either, but I wouldn't rule him out. They interviewed him. They obviously like him. They haven't released him, um, you know, from his duty. Yet, uh, if if they, you know, and I'm sure that if it, you know, if money becomes a factor too, Vance is going to be, you know, easier and and more oh, manageable yeah. money wise than every than anybody oh, yeah. else. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I good luck to them. That that'll be a that'll be a really interesting. Just watch the reaction if it is Vance. I'm I'm still thinking Brian Flores, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And again, if we get to Monday and there's still no coach for the Cardinals, then it will be the longest it's taken them to find a coach since letting their previous one go in the last 20 years or so. Do want to remind everybody here on the Burns and Gambo show that the uh, Innings Festival is back. Good lineup. Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, all at Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets went on sale, but you can go to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Chris Paul looked like the point god last night. He's looked like the point god since he's been back from this injury. Is that here to stay? There's a lot of questions that are tied up to that question. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Locally, nothing is on tonight. None of the local teams are in action tonight. There is NBA action tonight. For so inclined, Memphis is at Minnesota tonight. Milwaukee is at the Indiana Pacers tonight. Toronto at Golden State later tonight as well. Um, tomorrow, going to be a very busy day in sports locally. The Wildcats are at Washington in men's college basketball. ASU is at Washington State. We talked about it earlier, Gambo. That's 
Gotta gotta win that game if you're ASU. You, you gotta yeah. get, fall too far off of the radar when it comes to the the NCAA tournament. You know, you want to get to 2021 wins and make an argument. Now, the non-conference schedule is not very good. The win over Michigan looked good early, but Michigan's lost a lot of basketball games, so it's not even a quad one win. It's a quad two win. The VCU win is pretty good, but the, you know, we talked about what ASU is just how they end the season. They end the season on the road at UCLA, at USC, at Arizona. So, you know, you, you don't want to keep losing these games right here and then get to that stretch and be like, oh, we got to win two out of three to get in because that's that's the that's unlikely uh, to happen. And then you get to the Pac-12 tournament and you're going to have to do some real damage there to get in. Suns are back at it tomorrow against the Spurs. The Coyotes are back at it tomorrow against the Ducks on the road. And then Sunday, for planning ahead purposes, the 49ers-Eagles game is the early game. That starts at 1 o'clock Arizona time. And then the AFC Championship game between the Bengals and the Chiefs is at 4.30. The, the NFC game is on Fox. The AFC game is on CBS. The winners will meet here in two weeks for Super Bowl 57. And uh, as I said earlier, and I think you agree, there is nothing that would shock me this weekend. There is no matchup where I would go, oh my God, I cannot believe that this team is playing that team. Nothing would surprise me. No, these... I mean, everybody... you, You know, you've got Philly now, but you are leading San Francisco. Yeah. I was leaning Cincinnati, and I switched to Kansas City. Yeah, these games are these games are, should be great football games. I'll root, out of the four teams that are left. I'm going to root for Cincinnati. I think they've never won a Super Bowl. I'll root for them. I was rooting for Buffalo, but Cincinnati took them out. So I'll root for Cincinnati. You're not rooting for the local kid, Brock Purdy. In the San Francisco Philly game, I'll root, listen. I'll root for the 49ers over the Eagles. I don't think they're going to win. Because of Purdy? Because of him? Or just because it would be an upset? You know, I spent the first 30 years of my life growing up in New York. I have a hatred for, like, the Eagles. Oh, so. I forgot about, yes. I didn't yeah, forget about you growing up in New York, yeah, but I forgot about the Philly I mean, thing. I mean, yeah. you're a giant fan. You didn't root. You know, the, the Cardinals were in that division, but they weren't, weren't ever any good. So you hated Dallas. You didn't like Washington. <laughs> you didn't like Philly. Yeah. So when you grew up a Giants fan, you didn't like Philly. So it's hard to root for Philly. Um, so I'll root for Brock Purdy. I'll root for him. I'd like to, and I and look Brandon Ayuk. There's another local talent, you know, a former ASU stud uh, at the, with the Forty Nine. It'd be a great story, right? Zero and four rookie quarterbacks in, in championship games. Zero and four, I think. I believe so. Yes, zero and four. Yeah. They've yeah. never, they've never won at this stage. It would be a hell of a story. I, I mean, it would be. I mean, it's right up there. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know if they're going to go make a movie about Brock Purdy the way they did Kurt Warner. But if he were to get that team to the Super Bowl, now it's it's a little different, I think, because like Kurt Warner, that Rams team was because of what he was doing. Whereas I think with Purdy, it's a lot more about the team that's around him and the quarterback is somewhat minimized, right, with the 49ers, that it's not they don't ask their quarterbacks to do as much as maybe the Rams asked Warner to do. But it's just in terms of the story itself, I mean the the athletic website 
and I, I, I had this in my email to you a couple of days ago, had a great story about Brock Purdy's uh, uh, report coming out of college, like his scouting combine report. He was trashed. He was, like the coaching staff who did it was like, yeah, he's he's got this flaw, he's got that flaw, he's got this weakness, he's got that weakness. Right. He's, he's not very good, right? And you read this report and you think, geez, how did he even get drafted? And he's Mr. Irrelevant and all of that. Now the report says, based off of how he's played, if he was doing it all over again, they'd have him as like a second or a third rounder. Which is yeah, because not know. listen. Not everybody matures at the same time. Just like you know, I mean, so he may have been a more of a late bloomer. But there were like we talked about the game, the Iowa State Oklahoma game where he went up against Hertz and it was a phenomenal game. He ended up being a three year starter in college and he did get drafted. It was the seventh round. He just a, a late look. Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. How often we talk about that? Some guys are just late bloomers. You know, maybe yeah. it's the it's the coaching, maybe it's the system, whatever for whatever reason. And you can say he's limited in all these things, but the number one important thing to have is you got to be able to you got to have a brain, man. You got that football IQ as a quarterback, be able to process that information, get the ball out. Sometimes you can be a good quarterback and overcome the ability to throw the ball 65 yards down the field on a dime if you're a smart player and can read a defense and know how to get the ball out. Yeah, I just pulled up the story right now. On the NFL team scouting report, the most eye-catching information of all the categories was in the box listed for the final grade. It simply read two words in all caps, no interest. And that was what what one team wrote about Brock Purdy. No interest. He didn't have ideal size. He didn't have ideal hand size. He didn't have great athleticism. The only thing they liked about him was that he made 48 college starts and that he managed the game well. So he had experience and that he was a good game manager, worked through his progressions well. Uh, Not a very good athlete, limited arm, both in terms of arm strength and throw repertoire. I mean, the, the report on him coming out of college was mediocre at best, and here he is one win away from taking this, his team to a but, Super Bowl. But, but you know this. This success does not mean that he's set up to be a starting quarterback in this league for a long time. A couple oh, of years ago, no. oh, the, Phil- no. the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl a few years ago with Nick Foles as their quarterback. What happened to Nick Foles after that? What happened? Nick Foles isn't a starting quarterback. He won a Super Bowl with Philly. It was like, oh my God, Nick Foles, he's going to be the... He's like, you know, he's a backup. I mean, this this success that Brock Purdy has had is great. And it might be more flash in a pan and one-hit wonder. Maybe he could be a starting quarterback in the league for a number of years, but we don't know. But I don't think you take these seven games that he's played in and you say, oh, this guy, you know, if I'm the 49ers, he's my guy. Sign him to an extension. Get rid of Lance. Get rid of Garoppolo. Like, he's the guy. Maybe he will be, but I'm not betting any you know mortgage payment on that. To your point, all right, I just pulled this up in my notes. The last rookie quarterback to win a divisional round start before Brock Purdy was Mark Sanchez. He was the last one. Right. What did his career with amount the, to? Yeah, nothing. He was, he was nothing. Yeah, nothing. So no, he there's no, there's no guarantees at all that he turns into a great quarterback or has any staying power. Not one bit. No, I mean the Jets had a little bit of a run there where they had like a you know few years of success, and and Sanchez was you know Sanchez was the guy, um, but he he flamed out rather quickly. And even after he left the Jets, he went to Philly, and then he went to Dallas, and he was just a backup. He wasn't anything, you know. I remember. I can't remember who it was, but one of the guys on when when the Jets were on hard knocks, they were like, "I'd have this guy marry my daughter." It was a four. Might have been Mark Brunell. Remember, was it Mark Brunell said, "I would have him marry my daughter." They loved Mark Sanchez. I think Brunell might have been with the Jets at that time and said that about Sanchez. 
Yeah, I don't remember that. So, um, but that sounds about right. So we got those games coming up on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday, straight up two o'clock, with everything that happened over the weekend. We'll see what happens with the Suns against the Spurs. Of course, the NFC, the AFC Championship game, Super Bowl Fifty Seven in our backyard will be set. We'll be breaking down all of the matchups and talking about how the games went down on Sunday. We look forward to that. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you Monday, straight up two o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.